Well, yes, 16 of us returned late last night from eight days in Haiti. And um, so, yes, uh, I have one foot in one world and one foot in another. <laughs> and so if I uh, uh, am a little bit at loose ends, bear with me this morning especially. Thank you. I find, found it just uh, engaging that we are coming to the end of the church year you know, the church year is in a different uh, place than the, uh, our calendar year. Uh, the church calendar ends with uh, this year at the end of November and begins with first Advent in December. So by the end of November, uh, we will uh, have finished the church year. And uh, so we have three Sundays, counting this Sunday, to wrap this up. And it is always interesting to see how things begin and how things end, uh, see what the emphases are. So uh, I would invite you to be expectant and consider that uh, at year end, important thoughts, uh, themes uh, are being raised up as things are being wrapped up in terms of the whole church calendar of lectionary readings. And I would suggest what we would find here if we were to uh, look at these and as we look at these for the next three weeks is one could ask a question every week of one's own life. Are you becoming a generous person might be the question we would ask out of the story of the two widows, the widow of Zarephath and the, uh, the widow with the two mites. Are you becoming a generous person? Am I becoming a generous person? And the second question, as an important thematic question at the end of things, uh, because we will be talking about end of time kind of, or hearing, read from the gospel, end of time kind of words, and we might ask, well, what are you, you doing? with the time you have left. Is it one day that you have left, or one week, one year, 10 years, 20 years? None of us know. But what are we doing with the time we have left? And not surprisingly, as we come to the end of the calendar in the third Sunday of November, or the third, the end of this, the end of November, um, what is elevated and celebrated is Jesus as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. In fact, the church has given that particular Sunday a special name, and it is called the Sunday, the Feast of Christ the King. So one could ask, yet again, who is Lord of my life? Who is Lord of your life? So very briefly, let's look at this a little bit under those question headings. And I want to say that that story of the widows might maybe one of those profoundly misunderstood passages. Or at least the emphasis is always in that story of the widow's might. It's, the emphasis is always on the wrong syllable. You know, understand that, the wrong syllable. Because we usually are granted emphasis as we hear this and think about this on the widow and her might. And I would suggest to you that the emphasis may be placed differently. It's not about what the widow gave. Instead, it's about what everyone else gave. One could say, to personalize it or particularize it, it's not about what a few people sacrificially give in a community of faith like us. It is about what most people choose not to give in a community of faith. That is why, for example, for the past year and probably continuing to the future, we've elevated this idea, first things first, in our individual family lives. First things first, pay God. 
Pay yourself savings. Pay your bills. An inversion from how the world usually tells us to manage our lives and manage our finances. And the clergy, uh, the vestry, and there are other noble individuals, noble families here, who lead in this first things first strategy scheme of living by example and by their testimony at times. Think of that Old Testament story. It's a peculiar story. The woman's about to uh, prepare a meal so that she or her son can eat a final meal and die from starvation. And Elijah, the man of God, the prophet, says, prepare me a meal first and see if the Lord won't provide. Do you see the inverting of priorities because of the obedience of the widow of Zarephath? Simply the name of a community, a town, the widow from Zarephath. She is obedient on that prioritizing, if you will, pay God first, first things first. And so she prepares something for him, that other-centeredness that he promises God will honor with reward in her own life. And the story ends very simply that there was provision there for her even in her willingness to give up what she had. Are you becoming a generous person in your life? It's a harsh question, a hard question, but an important question to ask. And that second question, as we look towards next week, we'll hear an end-time theme in the gospel when it comes to an end. We might rightly ask, What am I doing with the time I have left? Something I love about St. Paul's is that we have been seeking to live under a dual theme in our lives, and really more, but that dual theme is expressed here in Door Hall. It's expressed sometimes in the liturgy over in the church building, especially always at the early service. But that dual theme shows up here on on these great banners that we see when we gather here for fellowship or gather here for worship. One is from Matthew 22, the great commandments, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. One commandment, though. And Matthew 28, the great commission, make disciples, make disciples. I have loved the idea that between 22 and 28, right smack dab in the middle of those chapters is, of course, Matthew 25. And in Matthew 25, we have that well-known story of the sheep and the goats. And Jesus tells in that separation what is uh, identified as, whatever you did for the least of these you have done for me, enter your reward. And whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. And he says there is a great separation at the end. And, of course, note that neither of them are particularly self-aware of doing good or not doing good. And it's kind of like saying, how do you behave when no one is watching? What is your automatic default if you're thinking nobody is aware of what you're doing so you're not getting the attention? How do you just naturally behave? Because if the, if the life and spirit of Christ is infused and flowing in you, you will be given towards that posture of concern for the least of these. If I may, because this St. Paul's community is such a wonderful Matthew 22 community, Matthew 28 community, and it's a wonderful Matthew 25 community. It makes me so proud to be a part of this family. 
whether it's the free medical clinic on Thursday night or Meals on Wheels or all the individual ways, some known and some not known, that you move out into this community Sunday to Sunday, week to week, and, with the, and become the hands and touch and care of Christ in a Matthew 25 kind of way. But if I could indulge for a moment, and actually in that indulging, give thanks to this community for what you have done with regards to Haiti. From Sunday afternoon, a week ago, when we opened the clinic, to Thursday night, when the last patient was seen and we began to pack up and prepare for departure on Friday, 684 patients were seen, plus a physical exam of every school child's mouth by the dentists, plus fluoride treatment for those 280 school children to protect their teeth, plus teeth extractions, and for the first time, Jimmy McClary sealing teeth to try to save teeth and rather than extract them to protect a young children, a child's or a youth's tooth by uh, sealing. Skin surgeries and IV fluids. Extraordinary ministry of presence by 16 of us. And then from them, evening engagement after a long, long day, evening engagement with the children who gathered around the well-lit community and had glow sticks and patty cake, patty cake, and digital photos exchanged as cameras were shared from the Americans with them. And those who speak English learning a bit of Creole and those who speak Creole learning a bit of English. And ceiling fans and ventilation fans for the church installed, a new cistern water pump installed, replaced actually, outdoor spotlights put up, fixing and repairs, repairs of the benches that were built by another group of folks from here some years ago and now ready for repair, and games with the children, basketball and soccer and Foursquare and hopscotch on the new concrete plaza, uh, built by monies from the Christian Learning Center fundraiser of a year ago or of last spring, and even home visits, Haitians wanting to show their homes to some of us, and so walking us down rural single uh, lane paths to their house to say, this is where I, I live in these very humble, very humble abodes. And Holy Communion each morning to set the tone for the day, and on the first day of Holy Communion, almost all white, 16 of us, one or two Haitians who came in to our outdoor communion under a tree. And then the next day, a few more Haitians. And the next day, a few more Haitians. So by our communion on Friday morning, almost as many Haitians as there were Americans gathered together to break the bread and share the cup, to exchange the peace to enjoy that beginning of the morning in that way. Of course, Sunday worship last week with them, all of us gathered with the hundreds of them in their church. And from you, in addition, your prayers. And I know as someone spoke to me at the door coming in this morning, said, I prayed for you all week, prayed for you all all week. I know there are many who were very intentional about that because that's who you are. And your provisions through Hands on Haiti and your generous donating of your gifts 
So medicines given to them, topical ointments for lots and lots of skin issues, antibiotics, stomach, issues, stomach medicines and head medicines and body medicines, thousands of dollars given out to those 684 patients in medicines. School supplies from you, pens and pencils and markers and chalk and notepads and books, books given to start in a fledgling way a little St. Jock library. And so books that were donated by some of you that were hauled down there in suitcases. And one individual, just uh, there are so many individuals, I don't see him here. No, well, I do too, if he's over there. Yeah, uh, Dave Barnett, who works for FedEx, who quietly ministers in this congregation, wonderfully worships here with his wife, and Dave Barnett, who put his hand on eight boxes as a FedEx um, person and made sure step by step it got through Haiti Customs and got delivered through various barriers until it was put into the hands of the diocesan office that it could be brought to us with ceiling fans and a ventilation fan and a generator for another uh, ministry there. Thank you, Dave Barnett, for an extraordinary gift and caring on your part. Handcrafted wooden frames made for the solar panels, made here by Jimmy McClary. Custom made for the solar panels to protect them, numbered and taken apart so they could be carried in a suitcase and then reassembled down there around the solar frames. And the children of St. Paul's, who two years ago took some small blankets and uh, put their mark on them, their personal handprint and their uh, autographs all across and some messages of God's love. And uh, those blankets not able to be carried a year ago because of weight issues, carried down this year and handed out one by one to 50 of the children in the preschool after they had their fluoride treatment. Each of them holding on to them and hugging them, and I'm sure you'll see pictures of them sooner or later. And of course, the ubiquitous tennis balls that uh, are collected here and then thrown out from the truck along the way up to Bois Boule and then given to the children to play with at Bois Boule. Tennis balls and soccer balls and basketballs and footballs and dodgeballs brought from here, inflated and passed out and played with. And tools galore, nails and screws and electrical wiring and power strips and extension cords and much, much more that was carried and given, put into their hands because these are people who have nothing. Wow, you did a great work there, you Matthew 25 people. Whatever you did to the least of these, these children and adults of Wabule, Haiti, whatever you did to the least of these, you have done for Jesus. Way to go. It's only one example among many that you do. Thank you for being intentional about what you are doing with the time you have left. And always to ask, who is Lord of your life? I hope it's the Lord Jesus, he himself who loves you and gave his life for you. And that over and over again you say to him, yes, you are Lord of my life. Direct me, show me the way, show me how to live and love and fellowship and be in relationship with my Father in heaven and with all my brothers and sisters and with guests and stranger as well. So, a marvelous St. Paul's Church, I would say. A marvelous family. Makes me so proud to be part of you. Makes me so proud to minister alongside of you. 
makes me so proud to think, yes, we really are a Matthew 22 church, loving God, loving our neighbors. Yes, we really are a Great Commission church, growing and making disciples, those who know the Lord Jesus, who have grown in their knowledge and love of him through the ministries of St. Paul. And yes, this morning, to especially celebrate that we are also a Matthew 25 church, whatever is done for the least of these we are doing for Jesus and we try to do that in an intentional way that's descriptive of this family and so each of us as an individual in this family we can rightly ask ourselves am I becoming a generous person to imitate and model life in this community and to ask ourselves what am I doing with the time I have left even if it's 20 or 30 years how am I prioritizing my life how am I prioritizing my life and yes to ask who is Lord of my life yes Lord it is you even you